Hey everyone, Andrew here uh, from the Disconnected Gamers, obviously. Uh, this week's episode uh, didn't get recorded great. Um, we tried something new, and so the audio was super quiet. So my la voice is loud as per usual, uh, but it's you may have to raise the volume to hear Mike, so I wasn't able to fix it in editing after the fact. So apologies in advance. Nonetheless, enjoy the episode. Cheers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to... A very special episode of the Disconnected Gamers podcast because this is the first time that Mike and I have literally been in the same room to record the episode. It's going to be a lot easier that way. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I am one of your hosts, Andrew, also known as Jay Bond. With me as always, this time literally... Four feet away. It's your boy. <laughs> it's your boy, Mike. Uh, we are here in San Antonio, Texas. It is actually uh, Pack South, mm -hmm. 2018. Day two has just ended um, a few hours earlier. We have seen some cool games. We have walked around. Uh, this is my like my first Pax um, South. I've not been to Back South. It was the one that I've just not been to. Um, and it's different. Like, right. I'll start, like, right, I'll start there. I'll start there. From my experience, it's much smaller than I thought it was going to be. And what's funny is, is I talked to a bunch of other people that have booths. I talked to people yesterday. I talked to people today. And everyone said the same thing. It, this is much smaller than it was the year before. Is that a lot of people who were going to be here at the last minute decided to pull out. Which kind of sucks. Totally. 100%. Like it's, we like, it's weird that Sony doesn't have a presence. And I don't know if Sony did last year or not. Um, it's weird that Microsoft's presence is basically the Mixer booth. Because I think Microsoft owns Mixer. Mixer. Um, yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. there's no Ubisoft. There's no Nintendo. Nope. So it's, it's just... It's just different, right? Mm -hmm. And like Alienware has a booth, but it's not as big as the booth they had at East, East or West. West. Mm -hmm. So for me, coming into this, it's a, it's a little underwhelming because I had higher expectations. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm a little bit spoiled because East and West are more established. They've right. existed longer. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's definitely usually, that part of it. There's usually a huger pre presence at East and West right. too. So. Yeah, I mean, and they, they fall in different times of the year. Like, mm -hmm. we just, like, December you had uh, PlayStation Experience. Yes, which so why would Sony then... That explains why Sony wouldn't show right. up. Right. Like, a month later, Sony's going to be like, yeah, let's go and do another show yeah, where like, we don't have games to show off, really. CES. Is, is it the same? It's literally in Vegas right now. Then that's like, basically, why, too, then. They're probably there promoting the TVs and all that. Um, cell phones, whatever. So that's strange. I mean, it's not... I mean, with Monster Wall, I guess it's Capcom. Right. But, I mean, would that technically fall under Sony? I mean, it, to, me, to me, it does Sony in the consoles, sense that but... Monster Hunter had a huge presence at PlayStation Experience the mm -hmm. year before. Right. Um, and then it was also at uh, PAX West PAX as well. West. But I th and I think it was at the Sony booth. Maybe, the, maybe Capcom had their own thing, and I, I, don't rec mm -hmm. I just don't recall... Um, it's not fresh in my mind, but to me, it seems like it's more Sony that's putting their stake behind it than somebody else. Right. Hmm. So that was a little that was a little interesting. 
um, you know, saw a bunch of interesting stuff. Like when I first got in, like I didn't even do the media hour. I like, cause one, I've just <laughs> had such, like leading up to PAX has been like one of, not one of the most stressful weeks I think I've had, but one of the most in intense work weeks in the sense that I was working every basic, basically every single day up till, up till PAX for like a week in different ways. I was doing some freelance stuff. I was doing my regular job. I was helping out with a project with my brother and it was just like never had time right. to do anything. And then I forgot, I had forgotten about the project I was helping my brother with. And he texted me and was like, hey, so Monday you're free, right? You said you were off work. And I was like, fuck. Because I thought I had that day to go just relax and not have to do anything. Right. I was wrong. Whoops. Um, so I didn't even, I didn't, I got in from the airport, got to the hotel, whatever, and I literally just like passed out. Then I woke up, went and got my badge, mm -hmm. came back. And the next day, the first day of PAX, if you're not familiar with um, like the media badge process, uh, media usually gets the first hour before PAX opens on the first day. So on, you know, PAX West, PAX East, and PAX South, the Friday the show opens at 9 a.m. You get to go in and uh, see stuff in advance of everybody right. else, which is nice because it gives you an opportunity face to, to, to face-to-face. Well, not even so much that, but like things you couldn't get appointments for, you can go, you you've can got go an hour like, to yeah, go try true. and see it. Right. Which is, you know, better than nothing. Yeah. If there was something you really wanted to see, basically. True. And I was so exhausted from the past week, and the, mm -hmm. my flight was delayed out of Boston, and then I had to drive from Austin to here, to San Antonio, and I was like, you know what, I don't care. I'm right. not, I'll, I'll skip it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I missed out. Like, I don't think I, and that's the one thing, like, that's the weird part about PAX Out that I feel like I, it like the, it's so low key mm -hmm. that I didn't feel like I lost time by skipping that and just sleeping in. Right. Nah. Yeah. I. I uh, totally understand that because when you explained it, I was like, hmm. Because when I think of PAX, I think, okay, it's gonna be large. It's gonna be big. You know, there's gonna be a presence from everyone. And then you go in there, and it's not small. Like no. there's stuff. There's still stuff to look at, but it's not what you would think right your, you know i mean especially for your first time or if you've never been to apex you know for me at least i think of the bigger picture i mean i still liked it yeah, yeah. you know and then i mean and obviously we have tomorrow yeah you know some of the people you get to meet and talk to or even just walk by like you still see some right. cool stuff so yeah like i mean in per a perfect example we were walking by one booth and we decided to stop and take a look at it. And the game is called The Messenger. Um, the studio is Sabotage. Sabotage. They're out of Canada. Um, and that game was fucking sweet. Mm -hmm. Like, we sat there for like 15 minutes watching somebody else play. And then I was like, shit, we have no time. Like, mm -hmm. we have to go check out another game. So we, we, I, got to, I got to play for like five minutes. Five minutes. And then we went, saw another game. And then went back, just saw it, had another appointment after that. Then came back to play it so that you could play it. Mm -hmm. um, and like, what's weird was is that 
He didn't, like, when we first were watching, he showed the kid in front of us how the game had all these, like, cheat features, and there was, like, 16-bit versus 8-bit, and you could, like, toggle it on and off. Yep. But it didn't seem like that was a thing that actually mattered in right. the gameplay. It was just a thing you could do if you wanted, wanted to. to. Yeah. I think you're just kind of showing off. Like, yeah. just so this is what we're, we're gonna think of. But I remember he had told... You or another kid, he said, this is just the premise, this is what it looks like, but we're going in a different direction right. for the full release. Something, yeah, something, something like that. So I'm intrigued to see what they do with it, but I mean, if you love Ninja Gaiden or anything like that, you're going to love the Mist. Yeah, or just like old or old yeah. school platformers in general. And like, it's a love letter to those games. Yeah, and the, and the controls were so tight that it was even coming as a... Um, like speedrunners were playing because that was what he had mentioned. He'd mentioned that speedrunners were playing the game because you can just go for it and right. play it so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was just kind of a really one of those moments where, like, I didn't, I had, I had, I, I did get emails about the game, and mm-hmm. it, it kind of clicked in my mind when we were watching it that I was like, oh, this was that game, yeah, and. I'm glad we stopped to check it out and yep. went back. And my guess is I'll probably have time tomorrow. I'm going to go play it again. Go play, yeah. Go play um, more, yeah. You know, there was a... There was, um, obviously, JC's game, um, Ask an Enemy Studios, a dual-hand disaster tracker. I've talked about it before. We did a mini-podcast at PAX West mm-hmm. um, talking about the game. Obviously, like, you know, he's got it playable on the Nintendo Switch here yeah. um, at PAX South. That was really sweet. On the Switch. Cause I like, and I was talking to another person at a different booth, um, and it was this is gonna bug me. It was um, I don't remember. I've like it's, I can picture a lot of stuff happening at the booth. But we were talking about the Switch, and I was talking about how there are so many games that when I see them, my first question is, is this coming to the Nintendo Switch? Switch? Which is a huge departure from when usually I would be like, is this coming out on the PlayStation 4? Mm-hmm. And like where, I'm, where I've seen all these um, games kind of shifting is that like, if it's an indie game, I'm more excited to play it on the Switch than I am on the PS4. Right. Which is a weird thing to be like, as a person who pretty much primarily plays PS4 and kind of stopped playing my Xbox ages ago, yeah. it's neat that I'm getting to see all these games that are coming out on the Switch. Mm-hmm. You know, um, right. Cluster Puck 99, that was that another was game fun. we played. Yeah, that was fun. You know, it's local multiplayer only, which is a bummer, right. but it means that I'll probably play it at work. Yeah. Right? Like, I'll bring it to work, pop the Joy Cons off, be like, who wants to play me in yeah, a match? Right. We'll throw in some AI. Yeah. Um, you know, or I'll grab, like, the part is, like, I don't want to drop another, because Joy-Cons are what, like, 80 bucks? 80 bucks, yeah. I don't know that I want to drop 80 bucks just, just to have a second set, set with yeah. me when I'm at work so that I can play with four people, but I might. Yeah. Like, that's how much fun the game was that I would want to play with more people. It says up to eight, right? Yeah, four you can have four. up to eight, so you need four sets. Oh, or, or you, you know, you know, exactly, I'll tell yeah. my coworkers, hey, bring in your Switch so I can borrow your Joy-Cons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or just bring your Joy-Cons, yeah. Um, which that's totally cool too. Yeah, it's still another viable option. But, um, you know, so, uh, Cluster Puck 99 was PHL Collective. They're working with Coatsync. Coatsync made Shoe, which is another game that I've played recently. That's 
that's a side-scrolling platformer. That's they had that there. Um, yeah, that came to Switch, and that's a that's a really cool game too. Um, I had seen that at uh, West and East. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Cluster Puck '99 was awesome. That's like to me. That's just like a very simple game that I'm happy playing. Like I would be happy playing with a bunch of friends, mm-hmm. and the fact that I can play it on the Switch is cool. Right. I'm I'm concerned about what it's gonna look like on just the Switch display itself, not docked on a TV. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, Because having to pair a million Joy-Cons would be weird. Right. Uh, Which brings us to when I was talking to, when we were talking to um, Andre at uh, The Last Encounter, Mm -hmm. that four-player game, and it's coming to the Switch, but it was like, well, it's a twin stick, so how do you do a twin stick yeah. with a Joy-Con? That's a really interesting... Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a really interesting problem to solve. So well, what do you do? Do you dock it and use Pro Controllers? Yeah, you have to use the Pro Controllers. Right? Yeah. Do you dock it and one person uses the Joy-Cons and the little grippy thing mm-hmm. and another person uses a Pro Controller? Right. Or is that just... Um, yeah. You know, like how does that how does that work, right? Like on an separate. Xbox, on a, on Steam, on PS4, like that's fine. You already have multiple, multiple controllers. controllers. Yeah. But that's a kind of an interesting conundrum. Yeah. Hopefully they. Because like if out. you were because even if you were to think about it, it'd be it, it's almost like when I think about how the Sega Nomad was because the Sega Nomad you could plug in a second controller, but like at the end of the day, the mm-hmm. first person playing was holding the screen, so it's like you have to hold the screen awkwardly yeah. while you're pushing the buttons so that somebody else can look at the display. Because mm-hmm. I used to play NHL 95 with my brother, oh. and like we would play on the, the, the yeah. Nomad when we would like, go on vacation, mm-hmm. and it was so awkward because you you'd like plug in the controller. Sit close together, yeah. The benefit with the Nomad, much like the Switch, is that you literally plug the thing in it, you can plug it into the TV. Right. You know, your controller was still the, the, nah. the Nomad itself. Um, Oddly enough, I don't think I saw a single Nomad for sale when we look at all those retro game places. I've seen Game Gear. I think I, there was a game I saw a couple Gear, Game Gears. Yeah. That was that that to me I feel like I've seen I saw more of that here than I did anywhere else. Hmm. Like at all like in my recollection of East and West, I don't recall there being so many used and retro game places hmm. with vending with like booths. I think here in Texas, there's are there are some stores that that's what they sell. Because mm. I have a card from someone. I don't remember if it's at home or not. But yeah, they based in I think Austin. They have a store that sells retro accessories, games, consoles. So I think that's probably why most of them are from here. Right. Yeah. Yeah, as opposed to like trucking your inventory yeah. to Seattle or Boston. Right. Yeah. Um. Trying to think, what else did we like? Obviously, like there's the like there's a thing we did mm-hmm. that we can't talk about, yes. and it's dope as hell. I'm telling you right now, it's fucking dope as hell. Mm-hmm. When everybody finds out about it, and <laughs> play it forever. That's yeah, like fucking. Want to play it forever. <laughs> and like that, like that match. I'm I'm gonna say too much. Was fucking intense. That was the final. Well, one, right? yeah, well fought. Well fought. We fought to the end. Mm-hmm. We lost, but we fought to the end. Mm-hmm. It literally was anyone's game the whole time. Yeah. But um, that's yeah. It's 
It's exciting. It's awesome. I had a lot of fun playing it. Yep. It makes me want to like message people that I know and be like, "Did you guys yeah. fucking check this out? Right? I need to know if you played this because we need to play this when it's out." Um, and oh, After Charge. We played After Charge. That was the. That's the three v three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So After Charge is Chain's Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chain's Awesome Games. Chains awesome, chains awesome. I don't know. I it's a weird play on words. Yeah. I'm okay with it, but um, so after charges is for those of you who don't know, it's a three v three arena battle game yeah. basically, and you've got um, the work onyx and the other enemies that I forget uh, their names. Basically, you've got robots. Like you've got robots with guns, mm-hmm. and then you've got invisible robots. So, to keep it real simple, mm-hmm. the robots with guns are invincible. They can't be defeated. But their weapons run out of energy, mm-hmm. which you have to recharge from these en- energy, en- energy harnessing cylinders that are just, there's like a few of them placed on the map. I think they're just called harvesters. The next yeah. Time that. The... Um, you've got three robots you can choose from, and I didn't realize this at first. Two each or whatever, like two, or no, never mind. That's different, different game. Never mind. Um, what I didn't realize at first was I thought like three of you could be the same robot. You can't. You yeah. So you, you got to pick who choose. you want first. And they all and have different abilities. And so basically, if you were the robots with guns you need to protect the harvesters. If you are the invisible robots, you need to destroy the harvesters. And so for the robots with guns, you get your energy back from standing near the cylinders. The invisible robots get their energy back by punching the shit out of the the harvesters. The goal of the game is to destroy the harvesters as the invisibles, or if you are the gun robots, you go to down all three of the invisible robots at the same time. Now what's cool about the game is the fact that because you're invisible, they can't see you until you're really close. Mm-hmm. But you've got your little blinky radar thing on your weapon to tell you if they're nearby. If they're nearby, yep. Um, and if you're the invisible robots, like you can revive your teammates, but you got to get in close. So it's like, mm-hmm. I felt like what was a fairly workable strategy for the robots with guns was that if you downed a person, one person just kind of stayed with stayed them. With them. Which, like, there's a part of me that's like that's really shitty because you just can't you're camping the dead body and what I saw some of them doing is because you can push the the downed robot they were like pushing them further away or pushing them near something where they wanted to be and that's that's (laughs) that sucks because you would pop that shield and then push them behind it yeah and then it makes it hard for you to to revive them them. and that part you know to me kind of sucks but it just means you've got to think of a better strategy around it. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be, you, and, and if you're the invisible robots, you don't want to be so grouped up that when you get detected by one of the people that they see all three of you, yep. you want to be close enough to revive them, then, but not close enough to get detected. Right. Um, you know, and at the same time, you still need to be, like, whittling down on the harvesters, harvesters. because you need to break them all down. Yep. 
And then it becomes like once you get to the last, because this was one of the matches I watched where like they got to the last harvester. <laughs> so naturally, the three robots with guns, they literally just stay attached, stay to, attached it, to it, which yeah. means you effectively have infinite ammo because you're constantly charging while you're shooting. Right. And the robots that are invisible, it's like, oh, cool. So we have to basically just charge you yep. while you're literally just laying down an infinite amount of fire. And, and like punch you to knock you away and then punch the shit punch out of the harvester. Yeah. Or the one scene we watched, I mean, he didn't, he did not revive his team, but they essentially were decoys and he would just go destroy harvesters, revive, go destroy right. harvesters, revive, and you know. And that worked. Team. Yeah, yeah. the game for his team. It's just a risky move because if you get down and you've got no, no support, you don't want to play with your, your two teammates being down like that. Down like so I get that. That part is, but it's fun. Like, but for me, it's a, it's fun because the 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 matches are so short that it's very digestible. I don't have okay. to. I'm at the point where I don't. Thirty minute match. It's well, not even so much that I don't want to play a thirty minute match, but I feel like I don't have the amount of time to sit down and play games like I used to. Mm, right, so right. if I can if I can jump in, play a few matches of this, you know, win or lose. Mm-hmm. I can feel like I've accomplished something. I might learn some skills. I might, you know, have a couple good matches and then be like, all right, cool, I'm cool. out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I don't feel like I'm tied into needing to play. Right. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that one's going to be exciting to see when that finally launches. Because mm-hmm. um, that's going to be Xbox and Steam, wow. which is nice. Because, and so now we're getting to the point where I might actually, and this is the Sands PAX South related, but. Uh, I might fire up the Xbox again. You know, yeah, I might give the I might game, give the yeah, Xbox the old. Just another reason to play it. Yep. Yeah. Um, because basically you've got PUBG out on Xbox now. Mm-hmm. You've got um, these other games coming to Xbox. Mm-hmm. I already have a bunch of Xbox controllers, um, and you know, it's just like, do I do I spend the money? And invest in Xbox Live because now you're now you're looking at you've got Xbox Live, you've got PS Plus, and now whatever the Switch fee is going to be to play that online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so going to jumble through different. Uh, <sighs> yeah, no, it's tough. Thanks, online services. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't hate. Like, I'm not hating on it. Like, we you no, have to no, spend no, no, you have no. to spend the money at, at some point, and people. Like, I had somebody who was like, they just got a PS4, and they were like, I didn't have to pay when I played PS3. And it's like, well, you do now. Yeah, you do now. So get yeah. over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think what, what else we did at PS, uh, PSX, uh, PAX South the past two days. Um, I mean, besides that, I mean, I got to meet a few people that you knew. Yeah. That's true. Oh yeah, we met. I, I introduced you to Mike mm-hmm. and Jay over Filthy Casual. Super cool people. Um, obviously, like I like wear a ton of Filthy Casual stuff. <laughs> uh, today, today was no different. I was wearing three Filthy Casual items, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I mean I've always loved repping their stuff. Anyways, right. like it's, it's products too because it's comfortable as fuck. Yeah, it's comfortable. As like fuck. Yeah. you know, new slogan: Filthy Casual. It's comfortable as fuck. Yeah. Right. Send me some royalty checks. Uh, you know, and, and you've got, 
so we oh and we I we went over to stack up but I didn't see Steven over there because I would have introduced you to him too right, not till later but they were busy anyway yeah. when we did when you did see him and then yeah we I introduced you to JC which was dope mm-hmm. the dual hand disaster yep. that's a fun game um, I saw who else did I see oh man. Um, oh, we saw DJ. DJ, yeah. Yeah, D- DJ at DJ of Sparta mm-hmm. on Twitter. Um, then... I met him at West, I met him for the first time at West last year. Nice. We've been Twitter friends for a while, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's always in it's always nice to put a name to a face. And right. what's cool is is and I feel like this is a thing that kind of happens a lot is that at every PAX, I meet somebody that I've known for a while. Mm-hmm. For the first time. Right. And in this instance, it was you. Yeah. Because obviously, like, we've been doing this podcast for ever. Right. And, you know, as inconsistent as inconsistent as it is, (laughs) let's be real. The the last podcast was in November. (laughs) Um, Yeah, nobody nobody paid attention to that. Um, And... Yeah, so like I'm trying to think of who it was that I met at PAX West for the first time, but there was somebody I met at PAX West that I didn't, I've known but didn't. Um, okay, I know it definitely wasn't Avery, because that was. PS, I met well, that, that was, was PSX, wasn't it? No, I met him at PAX West, oh, but that did? was oh, okay. last PAX West. Oh yeah, like two PAXs. That was ago. when he went with Ubisoft. Yeah, he was with Ubisoft, so yeah, that was cool. Got to meet him okay. for the first time. Because I thought it was PSX, or do you see him again at PSX? I don't think I saw him at PSX at all. I thought you did. I don't think he was there. And obviously, like, I skipped well, this he, PSX. I think that's when he met Josh and Esteban, maybe. I don't know. Right. Something like that. Um, yeah, it's like I met Josh and Esteban at PAX West, mm-hmm. like, that was, 2014. Yeah, it was, like, the, the second, second time. Went, that was the first time they went. Um, so, like, in, in that part of PAX is always the best part, right? right. Like, being able to hang out with people mm-hmm. that do the same thing. Because, obviously, like, depending on where you are... You don't get to go to these events. Right. You don't have like this giant, massive group of people who always want to play games with you. So it's, it is, you know, it's refreshing. Oh, totally. And everybody's here for the same reasons, right? Yeah, like, exactly. so it's like, you know, I had a conversation with somebody in the elevator um, the other day mm-hmm. before you had got here because we like we just happened to go in and then we were just chatting about games or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what are you hoping to see? What are you What are you trying to play? And then. You know, it was like, all right, cool, well, do- elevator open. I was like, see you later, man, have a good one, you know. Yeah. Um, so that part's exciting. Um, obviously, like, it's nice to get away from work, I won't lie, for like a weekend. Who that? Uh, I had a dope rental. Like, not that anybody cares about my rental car, but <laughs> I have a dope-ass do- dope Ford, Ford Taurus. <laughs> which is a like, newer one? Oh, it's brand new. It's, it's, it's new fucking ones? brand new. Okay. Like fully loaded, leather seats, oh, power, whatever, everything. Right. Like the only thing it doesn't have is like a moonroof. Oh. And like I don't know if it has heated or cool, like I don't know if it has leather seats. Oh. Like I mean it had like, I know it has leather seats. But like I, I don't know if they're heated or cooled, right? Like because the dashboard is weird. It's like a touch screen but not a touch screen. One of those weird... It's like touch like buttons. Yeah. And it's really confusing so I'm just like, alright, cool, my phone's paired to it so I can get my GPS. I'm not going to dive into it that much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it was fun to drive 
from San Antonio or from Austin to San Antonio and I'll be excited for the drive back even though like it you're just on the highway and you're just kind of passing random stuff but it was still neat because I still get to see more than just like this downtown San Antonio area the Riverwalk um so we'll see you know we'll see what happens for next year I wonder if they delayed PAX South to not be in January that that would be better or worse right because I think last year it was the end of January, not the right. beginning. It was like near the uh, well, twenty something, whatever. Like yeah, yeah, it's near the end. But even that, right? Like, if it was at the end of January, then you've got what February, March, and April, and then April is Pax East. Oh. So like three months from now, Pax East is going right. to happen, and then. Uh, May, June, two months from that, you've got E3, E3 and then yeah. July, August, September. Um, I mean, still and September is PAX South. Yeah, it's still or PAX West, rather. Yeah, so it's, still it's like spaced out. But you had you had PSX the month before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. And then you've got you've got to remember that like TwitchCon and PAX West oh, happen basically back to back. Right. Not quite back to or like within a week it's of each like, other. One weekend after yeah, the other. And then you've got things like you've got BlizzCon. Meanwhile, you still got to keep in mind that you also have, like, granted, these aren't, like, those are all, excuse me. Um, Different. Well, but they're all gaming-centric. But you still got to remember that, like, you've got people who want to go to... All of it. Well, like, the Wonder, Wonder World, WonderCon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the anime, anime conventions. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, then you've got things like BlizzCon. Oh, yeah, those you've all got kind of fall in the same right. Like you've got a lot of mi- you've got a lot of crossing mm-hmm. categories of, of yeah. content. So, so it's I, hard to pick the right time. And, and to me, it just seems like at this point, like, do you go to every single one, or do you say I'm going to go to these specific ones? Once, yeah. So, like, moving forward, like, if I can afford to and I have the time. I feel like, yeah, I would go to PAX South again. Mm -hmm. If I literally could only go to one convention a year, Mm -hmm. and it was like, or like one PAX, let's say I could only go to one PAX a year, right? And I had to say east, south, or west. East would be the cheapest. Yeah, because it's right right there, home turf. So the only thing you're spending on is a hotel. Right, and yeah. Um, PAX West, though, is four days. So there's a but Pax West is super expensive. So if I if if it was if cost was a factor, East is the definite. Mm-hmm. If cost wasn't a factor and I could only go to one, it would probably be West. West. Hmm. One because I like Seattle. I do enjoy Seattle. Um, I like that it's four days. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of like just it seems like like it seems like West had, because it was you know it was Pax Prime right. It was a it was big deal. I think PAX East has more people, right. but I think PAX Prime to me is a is a more exciting show. But so at this point, like, like nobody, more. like at this point, like any of those giant announcements you thought you might get, like those happen at E3. They they're like they're gonna, or they're going to happen at they're going to happen at like the PlayStation Experience, mm-hmm. or Microsoft is going to have like the Microsoft Conference show yep. at E3 or something like that. Yeah. I feel like those those moments where major announcements happened at PAX are gone. Gone, yeah. Because now, especially if you have your own show, like PlayStation, right. you just you just save it for show. that. Yeah. Or like E3. Um, 
E th well, in, in even E3, right? They said they're going to do the packs or packs. They're going to. Wow, it's my brain. Um, Are they opening it up again to the public? They're opening it up again to the public. Uh, so I'm not going. Yeah. I am not. I've. I've it I, sounds intriguing as everyone makes it seem. Well, I mean, and, and for anyone who's listening, if you go back a couple podcasts um, and you listen to my E3 podcast where I talk about it, I just didn't have a good time. I just didn't feel like they were treating the people who were there as attendees the same way they were treating the members of the press and the community, the games community themselves. Yeah. I felt like an outcast. Hmm. And I just... My gut reaction to them releasing tickets again is they want more money. My hope mm -hmm. is that at least moving forward for next year's E3, they understand that the way that they operate the show needs to change to reflect the fact that they are allowing, one, a ton more people, yeah. and two, people who aren't necessarily games, press, games industry, right. or like merchandise buyers. Like mm -hmm. these are just regular people who yep. want to come and play games. Yep. And I think that if they can do that and do it well, then cool, not a big deal, right. happy to go. Yep. But I have this suspicion that in a year's time they haven't figured it out. Not for any reason other than I'm just so hesitant to invest that kind of time and money. I think if that was the case, mm -hmm. what I would do is either... <laughs> <laughs> the two two shitty options. Uh, shitty option number one mm -hmm. is not go. Yeah. Shitty option number two is beg somebody to give me an industry pass. Right. Um, so that I can at least, if they, you know, if the next year's version is they have different, like, you know, I could get appointments or I could get into a different line so that there was, like, the press line... Mm -hmm. And then the like everybody else line. So yeah. at least my line to wait wasn't as long. Right. And that's totally a sense of entitlement thing. Without question, mm -hmm. absolutely, I don't want to wait in a giant fucking line. No. Not interested. No. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone especially does. to play. Like, especially when it comes to playing a game, I'm gonna probably buy anyways. Right. Yeah. Like realistically speaking, everybody at E3 who is in line to play Destiny Two was going to fucking buy Destiny 2. Yeah. Sad reality is that yeah. the game didn't really live up to its expectations. Yeah. It's a whole nother topic. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and obviously, like, we're, like we, we started on PAX South. We're, we've segued out into just conventions at large. Mm -hmm. um, you know, e E3 for me, it was exciting to go mm -hmm. and yet a super, super disappointing experience. Right. Well, because it used to be more, it was just industry only. Right. So the only way you knew, we knew, is to watch the conferences. Right. You know? and, 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 like, and everyone I've talked to that's in the industry, and like by everyone I mean like the ten people I, I talked to about it, mm -hmm. also the same thing. Like it's not the show that it used to be. And right. I think that that's a, it's be, because times have changed and the way we get information now has changed and things yeah. are... Things are given to us much quicker, so we have the ability to get tips and tricks and hints and, and teasers and things like that. Like, we get that content, like, through the internet, through Twitter, through social media. It's less exciting, yeah. but it's just kind of like, I just wish that you would have a show that kind of reverted back to what it used to be, where, like, there was stuff that you saw at E3 that we didn't hear about that didn't break the news cycle. Right. 
and then all of a sudden it dropped, and we were like, <gasps> I just don't think that's happening. Right. Yeah. Um, third option for going to E3 is literally to go for the days of E3 or for that week to hang out with people before the show mm -hmm. and then go putz around L.A. during the day, meet up with people at night for drinks and dinner. Right, yeah. So you're still there. Just Yeah, like I don't actually attend E3. I'm just in California for the weekend hanging out. out. Yeah, that's one option. Um, that's one option. So that part is, that's like, to me, that's like a thing. I gotta play it out. I gotta see what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that I'm gonna do that. Test the it just waters. seems like a lot of money to invest for to get nothing out of it from the that scent. Right. Um, but you never know. Things could change. Um, you know, Pack South so far has been good. I'm really happy. I'm I, I I am a little bit underwhelmed because it's so weird to not see as many of the bigger names. Right. Um, but again, it's just I feel like the timing of Pack South is weird. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not as uh, it's not it hasn't existed as long. So I think maybe the 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 attendee amount might be an issue. Yeah. And so, um, you know, as it gets bigger, my guess is that will change. Right. Um, but still, you know, Overall, got to got to see yeah. good games. You know, again, like there's like the handful of games that I'm going to try and play again tomorrow. Right. Um, you know, get in on some cluster puck. Try to get try to make it back on the leaderboards in a dual hand disaster. Um, <laughs> and, you know, what's what's neat though, and this is a social media thing that has kind of changes. The ability to connect with the developers at the show has always been awesome, but like your ability to connect with them outside of the show, like Aftercharge has their Discord up, mm -hmm. uh, Dual Hand Disaster has a Discord up, nice. um, you know, Stack Up has a Discord. Obviously, that's not a game developer, but you but, know, still an organization that you can work with. Um, you know, it's really neat that there are now all of these different ways you can connect with these people, mm -hmm. and. That, I think, is what makes going to these shows so exciting because you get to have that FaceTime. You get the, you know, the developer side of it. They get this feedback and they get this user base of players they didn't have before. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, I think it's also really exciting to see games that have not been played by people up to this point. Like, The Messenger, as yeah. an example, to go back to that, he right. said this is the first time they showed time it showed out of, it. like, yeah. a few small things mm -hmm. that they did in Canada. Right. You know, so that's super exciting to be like, Awesome. So then you must be you that. must be excited because like like everybody that I saw playing it seemed to think it was awesome. Yeah. You know, I didn't see anybody walking away from it being like, eh, it's not my thing. It was, you know, it attracted a certain type of people. Mm -hmm. People were playing it. They were really happy. They were like this is fast and it's it's good and it's frustrating and it's hard, but it's fun. Um you know, I think that's invaluable type of experience that you can get mm -hmm. at these shows. So, and I like to see that and I like to be a part of it. Yeah. I think so. one thing I thought was cool is when we came back to the uh, uh, JC's booth, mm -hmm. he was playing it, but he wasn't playing it just to play it. He had mentioned that he saw someone exploit a bug and he was just making sure it was a game-breaking bug. Right. Because he explained that to someone else. I thought that was kind of cool that he was just kind of checking it out there. Right. He's like, okay, everything's good. I don't have to close up, fix it, and then bring it back. Well, so one of the times we were, um, this was PAX East 
uh, earlier this year. Mm -hmm. He literally, while we were playing the game, had his laptop open, was tight, and was, he was updating code. Oh, wow. Because he was like, someone told me about this, and he's like, and I need to... I need to do it now yeah. or either I'll forget or something. Right. And, and he was just like, but that's, that's who JC is. Like, and he, he, he is so driven to make that game as amazing as it can be. Mm-hmm. And so his level of dedication is like fucking tier seven, you know? <laughs> right. um, what's cool, though, when he plays the game is I see things that I don't think about in terms of ways to not exploit the game, but exploit your bonuses yeah right so like there's a point where you can get like this shield Mm -hmm. and you're like oh that's sweet i can get a shield and i had it up and he was like you know you have your shield and i and i literally was like i was playing it and i was like yeah i'm like but i feel like when i activate the shields it goes batshit crazy and he goes it does and i was like yeah i'm like but my score multiplier goes up he's like yep and i'm like but it's bat shit crazy and he's like yeah That's and i was the like point. and i was and i was literally just like so i'm not going to use the shield cuz uh, basically you activate the shield and the game goes fucking nuts cuz you have the shield but your multiplier is up mm-hmm. but it's risky so mm-hmm. i don't do that but i've watched him do it i watched a couple of the other guys that were there playing it who were in the discord because um, I always see their names pop up with like, oh, check out my high score. And it's like, yeah. um, and that part's, you know, it's interesting to see how they play the game versus how I play the game because they play way more aggressive than I do. Yeah. But like, I just, I don't, I need to, I need, I guess I need to play more mm-hmm. so that I can get used to exploiting that. Right. Or, and, and the worst, worst case scenario is, is you, you try the shield thing, it goes bad shit crazy, you die, you lose your score. Yeah, and like, but you know, you lose your score, you wipe the leaderboards. Yeah, yeah, Um, that's a risk. But I mean, if you take it, there's still a reward if you, you know, right? If you do decide to take it, if you got enough time to extract, yeah. So, So, um, but yeah, so that's that's. I don't know. I'm kind of out of things to say. I'm just kind of like talking again about games that we played, and obviously, like, I still have tomorrow. so, I mean, for what it's worth, is there anything else you need to add, want to add? I mean, not really. Like, all I can say is overall, despite it not being a bigger presence like West or East, South is still enjoyable enough to Oh, to, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Without question. Like, definitely. If you can only get to South, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad convention, no, no, by no, all means. I think that if you, like... Because I, th- I was talking to somebody who'd never been to anything but South, and they were mm-hmm. super stoked. And I was like, you're going to fucking lose your mind if you go to East or West. Yeah. And they were like, what do you mean? And I'm like, it's Nothing like, like it's crazy how, how different it is. Mm-hmm. And not in a bad way, just no, that no, it's, no. it's just so much bigger. Right. So I was like, I'm like, so I'm like, I'm like, I'm psyched that you're having a good time and you think this is awesome. And, and not to say that I'm not having a good time. No, yeah. But... Just so that you don't like, if if you call this your baseline, like when you go to east or west, like you're it's you're, like, it'll be just that much more exciting. Right. Like to each their own. Like some people probably find the um, the lack of the big presence and that kind of draw. Maybe that's better maybe. because it keeps it low key. You know, you're not fighting. I mean, it felt more indie friendly. Totally, though, which without is good. question. Yeah, yeah. Which is good. Like versus like the indie booth, the mega booth yeah, at east like, and west are crammed and right. it's. And it's very compact, and it's hard to do that. Yeah. You know. So people are going to go flock to those booths more than so check out, like, the indie stuff. Right. So I think that that's definitely 
advantageous of Pack South. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, to each their own. Like yeah. I just figured we would do this episode because um, this is one. This is the first time we've ever recorded an episode this together. Special and uh, you know, it's day two of Pack South. Figured we could talk about things we've seen and saw, mm-hmm. played, enjoyed. Um, you know, and uh, yeah. So uh, again, if you have if you have questions, comments, concerns or you want to talk to us about games that you also saw at PAX South, you can find us on them internets mm-hmm. at www.thedgcast.com. You can tweet me at so after I said. You can tweet Mike, Mike at mtong1, but don't follow him, no. though. No pity follows. <laughs> uh, or you can tweet us at the DGCast, the podcast account. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't tweet as much from the DGCast account. I do read them if people tweet at us. Um... You know, obviously, like, my personal account is what tends to be the most prevalent because it's what I'm always logged into. Mm-hmm. Um, as always, I really do appreciate everybody that, that pops in, listens, um, sends us a tweet, you know, sends something on YouTube, thumbs up, thumbs down, you know. Either way, however you digest it. Uh, and, you know, that's it. So that'll episode, that'll end episode 91 of the Disconnected Gamers podcast. And as always, we will catch you on the flip. And just your friendly reminder to lower your volume because you may have had it up super loud uh, to listen to this episode. Again, sorry about that. Um, We recorded it in the hotel room at PAX, and so I didn't have the same setup that I normally do. But I hope you guys still enjoyed it. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you know the place to find us. It's on Twitter. It's the easiest way, at the DGCast. Uh, Let us know what you think, um, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.